Australian Broadcast Radio, a centenary celebration. Hello everyone, today is November 17th and we mark our 17th of 23 interviews today with our special guest, John Fagan. John Fagan worked in advertising departments for television and radio. As well as being a bit of a rock star, John has years of experience in what advertising was like for radio and how it's evolved. Today, I sit with John and hear what he has to say about radio's history and his own. Here's what he had to say. Hi, so I'm here with John Fagan today, absolutely. Thank you for coming on, John. I Pleasure. Really, I really appreciate you coming in. Now, we spoke earlier. I'm, I'm at the um, the Rats Luncheon, so the Radio <laughs> Advertising and Television Survivors sort of Luncheon today, and there's been a lot of interesting stories told, really, and I think none have more many interesting stories than you do, John, I was about to say. In your experience of your history of, you know, radio advertising and all your different, you know, aspects, do you think there's one major takeaway you've learned from your whole career or do you think it's more little bits or would you rather say that you've learned one major lesson well I I think the main thing that that I've learned that anyone could learn from my particular experience is the fact that you just do not know where your life is going to take you Hmm. you have no idea what you're capable of sure you have you believe that you're heading along this one path towards something that perhaps you've designed Mm. and all of a sudden you take a sharp left or right turn (laughs) and head into something totally totally beyond anything you have ever imagined and that's what my media life was sure I was a I was a builder on a building site I was a carpenter I'd been in the military I was in the Navy straight out of school at 16 then became a builder in the building industry when when the when it when when it was really firing Mm. Then I went to Indonesia with my wife to surf these new wondrous reefs that had suddenly been discovered in Bali yes. and Uluwatu and places like that. I was a surfer and and uh, we came back and we got smashed in the Darwin cyclone, went back to Sydney, the, the, the building industry was on its knees. My parents had moved to Brisbane and I they said, get up here, it's firing, and it was in the 70s. Mm. And um, I read an ad one day in the paper that was written by a radio station offering twenty to $40,000 a year as a salesman. Oh, no one had ever heard of money like that. <laughs> so here's me, I was a building a building person. I, I'm, you know, very, very hands-on sort of square th- thinking mm. and became an esoteric advertising creative person. Mm. So th- th- you don't know what dwells inside you. You don't know what's in there. You don't until something draws it out or something creates a situation where it gets dragged out of you. Yeah, it manifests. Yes, and that, that was that, the story of my life. It was just, it was unbelievable in that regard. The, I ended up in the media industry in my 30s doing stuff I'd never dreamed of and became very, very good at it and, and widely publicised and won heaps of awards and made a lot of bloody money. (laughs) The thing, I was talking to you before when we were in the luncheon and I was thinking about your history and the sort of the spirit and the community of sort of radio and media when you sort of first started you've really expressed how much of a community it was and how much fun you guys had. Oh wow. Absolutely how much fun you guys had. You've got some wild stories there. Oh man. It really doesn't feel like that sort of spirit is always in radio these days. It feels a lot more sort of produced and clinical. Why do you think that is? I've been into it's 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 the mindset of a generation and our mindset 
in the 80, in the 70s, 80s and 90s was just get out and do it, full on fun. Everything has to be just pushed to the limit. Be whatever you can be and just do it as hard as you can. Now, it's totally different. Everyone has to have these pieces of paper with their qualifications on them and mm. what they actually do. I went once to I went once to a headhunter. Right. I had never ever applied for a job except for that first one on radio. Never applied for a job. Right. And one day I decided I'd go to a headhunter and find out what I was worth. I was already a, you know, big time in the ad industry and I'd won lots of awards and I was getting paid good money and doing work for all the great ad agencies and I went to a headhunter and they said, give us your uh, CV. So I wrote down my CV, never had to do it before, and then they went away and they said, stay here and they came back later, five, ten minutes later, we need to interview you. Mm. And the lady said, one question before we start, John. And I said, yes. She said, how the hell have you done all that in one lifetime? Yes. And I knew then they couldn't help me right. because we'd got into the age of you have to have one specific purpose. You mm. have to have one thing that you do really well. Yeah, so you thought I it was probably I had dozens better. of things that I did okay. Yeah, so it was better to have more of a broad spectrum than to have that sort of singular In focus. those days it was. Right. Because I was in radio. I did TV. Sure. I did mainstream advertising. Mm. I could do, I could move like a snake. I could move in between yes. all of those things easily and just cruise through them. Mm, you had your musical career as well. And I was a musician at the same time and travelled the world playing music, you know, yeah. so... It, it was quite an incredible thing, and that was in my 30s. I'd never even done anything musical mm. before my 30s. Mm. And suddenly, one day in an ad agency, we're doing a, a jingle, and we started playing instruments and things, and the boss came in and said, you bastards, what are you doing? This is supposed <laughs> to be at work. For that, you can, as punishment, you can play at the Christmas party. Sure. Which we did. That band became the biggest thing in Brisbane for many years. Nice. And then... A few of us out of that decided to get together. We did an album, mm. went to Europe, which you never, no one ever did unless they had a number one hit or a big, a big uh, record company behind them. Yeah, right. We went to Europe and um, were the first Aussie band. And we're t I'm talking here in the 2000s. I'm not talking the 70s or 80s. Yeah. This is the 2000s. Uh, we're the first Aussie band ever to play in these huge music festivals in Norway, Denmark, Sweden. Estonia, you know, and um, the last tour we did was 2015. Oh, jeez. And I was um, sort of 60 something years old. <laughs> I mean, Never been you know. too old to try that no, sort of thing. No, no. I think it's interesting that you mention all the different sort of aspects and different sort of, you know, you were in <laughs> advertising, you are in radio and TV. Did you feel like a lot of those things greatly changed or do you feel like one aspect was greatly different from oh. when you first started so like say for example advertising was really different in the 70s it might have been or oh. it's different now or are they all really different well they're so different now and these guys just in their speeches here yes said it it's social media yes it's social a media change. drove us all out of it because it's so different it's a different planet mm. when i was in there if you were just a good sharp thinker and had great ideas and weren't afraid to push them and you know you were going to be good in advertising because mm. the ads were in those days and the radio commercials the tv commercials and everything radio itself was big and loud and 
you know, and it was just, there was no stopping you. Mm. And as I said to you earlier, a day in advertising in those days was like going to Cirque, Cirque du Soleil yes, to work. Yes, indeed. indeed <laughs> it, it was, was unbelievable. <laughs> it's interesting, yeah, because we spoke about that community and just the fact that it's so different, I find wild. But I think my major takeaway from this is the one question I've been asking everyone is, especially considering your varied experiences, what would you say about your experience in history in the media that you think you could use to look forward into the future and foresee the future of media? It's become so different that I, I wonder if what drove me and what I became mm. would be of any use really? in now. Because mm. I watch TV now, I watch TV ad- advertising now and listen to radio advertising and I try to, because I've been there for so long, 40 years, mm. I've been there for so long, I try to think what, what, would, what must the brief have been mm. for that ad? What are they trying to say? What are they trying to tell me? Mm. What, wh- where's, the, where's the drive? Where's the oomph? Yeah. And so, so often for me, it's just not there. So I wonder if perhaps I'm just an old, broken down old no, piece a- of machinery they're going to put in the barn. No. Could I offer anything now? Mm. I would like to think that we haven't, as human beings, haven't changed so much that we still can't be motivated by good ideas and a desire and a reason to have a desire to buy something. Indeed. That doesn't go away. So that's what I think is that it's changed in many ways in the way that it's presented, Mm. but still you're not going to buy something if somebody doesn't convince you that it's a good idea. Indeed. Regardless of how old you are or where you come from, well, what you know about social media? If it ain't any good, you're not going to buy it. That's a very fair point. <laughs> boom, boom. I think that's very fair. Well, thank you, John. You've been an absolute mate, star. Mate, Stuart, thank you. Greatly I really appreciate, appreciate you it. talking to me. Thanks, that was mate. a great lunch and a great interview. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I love to see you know, young people getting into this thing. That's what I love about the thing is that I like to see bright young minds like yours <laughs> wanting to know. Exactly. Wanting to know how we thought and what we did and why we did it. That's... I think that's important. Well, thank you. That's the whole reason we're here. Great. Thanks, mate. I want to thank John for talking to me today and being a part of Radio History. Tomorrow, we continue our journey and learn the history of Australian broadcast radio. Until then, my name is Stuart Crichton. Thank you all for listening.